Welcome to the Consume Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, Kingdom Wealth, Stewarding the Life of Christ. For any further information about the ministries of Consume Church, you can check us out at theconsumechurch.com. but let me get a good look at you. You glorious bride, you. Hallelujah. Yes, you are. Praise God. Is anybody excited about tonight? I was up all night making chili. I hope you all brought your A game. Even cut my finger on the uh, blender. <laughs> I'm excited. We, we have a, a hayride. I've got an actual bigger trailer tonight, so we could probably put 20 people on that thing. Um, so it's just going to be a really good time of being together and being family. No real agenda. I think that in the spirit, though, we really should prophetically celebrate the harvest that's coming. God is doing a new thing in the earth, and it's the same old thing he's been doing the whole time. But we get to actually step into it and see the actualization of what God's up to. You know, I got a bunch of notes, but I'm not sure where I'm going this morning. We, uh, many of, most of you probably know, uh, myself and Lauren and the Braddies, we got to go to North Carolina for uh, eight days and just pursue God. I mean, we didn't hold back. We went after it with, with our whole heart. I know I did. I, I mean, every worship set, we had like three worship sets a day. I think some of them went an hour and a half, just leaning in, pursuing Jesus. I was just like, Lord, I want to see your face. I want to see your face. Every, every deficiency in my life, in our church, every deficiency in our community, in this town, Lord, you have an answer to I need the download, God. I need the download from heaven. And uh, man, did he deliver. <laughs> so, Father, we just I just ask, Lord, I'm so grateful for all that you are and all that you're doing. And, Lord, I, I ask that that inheritance that you've given us, Lord, would be realized, actualized, Accepted, God, I just pray that your glory fall on this room. Yes. Hmm. Lord, I thank you. There's so much more than we're walking in. And I'm not ashamed to admit it, God. Lord, from the depths of my heart and my soul, Lord, I cry out for more of you, God. Yes, Lord. Lord, we haven't even begun to see the things that are in your heart to do in this church and through this place, right here in this region, God. Lord, we're asking for revival. God, we're asking that you wake the church up. God, we're asking that your sons and daughters would actually step into all that you purchased for them, Lord. And Lord, there wouldn't be anything 
that we could say that we wasted, but Lord, that we went for it all, that we embraced it all, that we did what we could to use it all. And you keep pouring. So Lord, we just receive your oil today. Y'all just reach your hands up. The Lord is just pouring out his spirit. Pour your oil on us, oh God. We love your name, Jesus. Your beautiful name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, if your spirit does not go with us, we don't want to go. Lord, I don't want to go anywhere without your spirit. In the fullness of your spirit, God. You're so good, God. You're so good, Jesus. As you could imagine, eight days of pursuing the Lord and eight days of multiple worship sets and eight days of sessions where the Lord is just downloading, offloading, (laughs) uploading. I think load is the common word. As you can imagine, it was hard to really figure out, okay, Lord, where do I start? It just did so much. And, um, you know, it was, it was a conference. So we went to North Carolina. Uh, Catch the Fire had a conference called Overflow. And I'm not really a big conference guy. I'm just being honest. I'm not a conference hopper. Some, some people go to a lot of conferences, and they get just kind of like youth camp when we were kids. You get set on fire, and that's awesome. I mean, uh, but it's almost like you have to live on the fire from one conference to the next. I'm, I'm not really that guy. I don't go to a bunch of conferences. Uh, but I have been to, you know, five, six, maybe a dozen of them. Uh, but this was different. It was really important for me, as soon as I heard word that they were going to have one, to sign up. I think I was like guy number seven or something to sign up. And, uh, you know, there were hundreds of people there. Um, it was just really important to me to, to go and embrace Catch the Fire as a denomination. And it's not just so much the denomination. You know, that word just means a, a 
denominator, a, a grouping, uh, but it's our family. It's our family. We have a, we have a heritage. And there's so much more than I feel like that I'm walking in or that I see us as a collective body walking in. I mean, we, we have it, no doubt. We see flashes of it, but I just want more. Is that okay? Is that okay for your pastor to confess that, that I'm just, I don't have enough of what, of what God has for us. Just not there yet. I went with that kind of a, a pursuit, you know, Lord, I know that you've got more for us and I want to see it. And, um, oh, boy, did he show up. So if, <laughs> I was torn whether to even share the message I have this morning, but uh, kingdom wealth, or I was advertising on Facebook and through email, true riches. And uh, kind of a part two of the financial freedom message that I did a couple weeks ago. How many were here for the financial freedom message? Okay, so about half of you. So just a quick recap. Financial freedom in, in my definition is that God would have us so completely enraptured with Jesus himself that our lives look like those that pursue after the kingdom first. That in other words, there is an assignment on your life. There is a calling on your life that is tailor-made just to you. We talk about this a lot with our destiny finders. And we're all walking out a journey, discovering who God's created us to be and that uh, assignments, those places where God has for us to be fruitful. But we can't do that without the power of the Holy Spirit and without the anointing resting on us. We need God to do that. And if we will surrender everything else, so when it comes to finances, so I talked about money because money is one of the few things in life that has the ability to trick us and make us feel powerful in a false sense of power, uh, make us feel like we don't really need anything because we're able to just buy it. I mean, I, when I started making good money, I, I know what that feels like to to think that, okay, I'm in a jam, I'll just throw some money at it. How many of you know that doesn't really always work? There are things in life that money can't buy. Those are the things that we need God for. And if we will learn how to be the kind of people that we're more concerned about what God's doing in our life than we are about our material possessions and allow him to squeeze us and mold us and shape us, well, then we have Full access to everything, materially. God's not stingy. He's not holding out on us. Matter of fact, he would have that, we would have more than enough for every good work. So if we're concerned about doing the work of the kingdom, everything and more is there. So that's what I mean by financial freedom. That's just kind of a, you can go back and watch it. There was a lot more to that, but God wants to bless us. He's rich towards those who believe in him. His desire is to see us walking in the fullness. The fullness of God with access to all of heaven's treasures. So today I want to talk about stewardship. What What do we do with it? Because stewardship's a thing. How we manage God's resources. But even deeper... 
not just the material things, but the stuff that only the storehouses of heaven have. So our text today is Luke 16. And this, this um, if you have your Bible, you can turn there. This particular parable has bothered me for 30 years. Maybe some of you feel the same way. It's just an odd parable. I'm going to read it. Verse 1. Verse 1 says, he also said to his disciples. So just a little context, he's been talking to a whole crowd, and a lot of his talking prior to this statement was to the scribes and the Pharisees. And he has just got through telling the parable of the um, prodigal son. That's uh, chapter 15. Now he's speaking, he turns to his disciples and he's speaking to them. So I would say this pertains to disciples. Do I have any disciples in the house? You know what it means to be a disciple? It's a learner under discipline. That's literally what that means. That there's a part of our Christian walk We talk a lot about salvation, how it's a free gift. Once we receive that gift, there's an element of stewardship. And you begin to unpack salvation, and you realize, wow, there's so much more. This is the gift that keeps on giving. This amazing, beautiful person of Christ just keeps coming. Never stops. That's why we say, more Lord. So he also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do for my master is taking the stewardship away from me? Cannot dig, I'm ashamed to beg. I've resolved what to do that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him, and he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much do you owe? So he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. I'm going to stop right there in the middle of verse 8, and I'll come back to that. So here you have this strange story that you've got a guy who's a steward. So think of Jeff Bezos's right-hand man. Like Bezos, he's probably not running. That's the owner of Amazon, right? He's probably not micromanaging in, in the middle of all of his stuff, but his CEO or whatever would be the one that is managing his, uh, all of his stocks, managing his companies making sure that everything's in order. And imagine that Bezos gets word that um, this guy hasn't been doing business right. He's got uh, collectibles everywhere. (laughs) And said, okay, the word got out. I've heard you've been wasting my money, so you're probably going to have to go find another job. This is the way this story goes, right? And uh, the guy runs out to everybody that owes Bezos money. So we're talking... uh, these terms here, there's like massive amounts of money, like what would be equivalent to, you know, millions of dollars today. So if he's somebody that owns big businesses uh, that has others that own smaller businesses. 
And uh, so he runs out and he says, hey, what do you owe? Here, I'll help you lie and we'll change the ticket to half of what you actually owe. And he was doing that so that he, he thought in himself, there's no way, I'm too old and busted up to dig a ditch. So if I went back to manual labor, that's not going to work. And I'm way too proud to beg. I, that would just be the shame of me. So here's what he's going to do. He's going to go and deceitfully go and change all of the debts of his master's debtors so that when he's kicked out, when he loses his job, that those people will actually take care of him because he'll be able to go back and say, hey, remember uh, I gave you that, that crazy uh, debt reduction, you know, and they'll help him out in his particular predicament. Now, don't everybody get worried. This isn't some big negative word because it sounds that way. This is like, um, but there's some elements about stewardship here that clearly Jesus is talking about, right? Because he says, so the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. Now, I thought how weird for 30 years, I'm like, this is such a weird parable that the Lord would say that the master said, now that was pretty smart, good job. You would think he would be furious, but he wasn't. He actually commended him and said, now now you're doing things right. And verse eight says, so the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. That word shrewdness uh, commended, that he was commended for is Phronimos, and it means prudent, mindful of one's interests. He was commended because he was thinking about his own interests, that he actually prudently took care of himself instead of, I'm I'm guessing he got in that situation from maybe playing too much golf, uh, taking too many days off. I wouldn't say bass fishing, you know, that would draw attention. (laughs) But he was mindful of his own interest. He took care of business for his own sake. And the second part of verse 8 says, For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. Now that's a weird statement to me. And that's the one that's bothered me for 30 years. Like, Lord, what are you saying? That you want us to be deceitful? That's always like a stump for me. Now, if you'll remember, I'll bring back to your attention, I've mentioned this several times, but the the word world there, again, is that ion. And ion means age, a period marked by spiritual or moral characteristics. And so the sons of this age, this time frame, this culture are all walking along and they have no problem figuring out how to manipulate this world's currency to get what they want. But we're of a new age, we're of the eternal age, right? The Ionios Zoe, God's very life that we've stepped into. So now I'm going past what it means, our our typical thinking of salvation, into this life that God's given us. Do you realize he gave you a gift, a package that is eternal life. It's a new age that's already started. And I've Beat that up, but I I want us to always keep that in mind when we're talking about going to heaven or eternal life. 
So it's like the Lord is saying, if the sons of this age have figured out how to manipulate currency, the economy to get what they need, how is it that the sons of light, do you realize we're all sons of light? We're the sons of the day and not of the night. That's what we're called, sons of light. It's like the Lord is saying, come on, guys. I need you to figure out the currency of heaven, heaven's wealth, the kingdom wealth, and take advantage of it. Would you rob me, the Lord is saying. So while we were in uh, Raleigh, I had this experience, and uh, it's floating around on YouTube. (laughs) Um, I had this experience. Does anybody know who Heidi Baker is? Heidi Baker, I've never seen her in person before. And she comes in late on the last night. And like I said, I've been going at it hard for, what, four four days now. You know, worship set after worship set. I was starting to get where I couldn't walk. You know, my knees and my feet were hurting. And uh, I don't know how many times I've been on the floor because all of my buddies, you know, I've got all these catch the fire pastors that are friends and they think it's just the funniest thing to come up and I'm an easy target, I guess come up and or something to my chest and down I go laughing or whatever. So it, you know, it's physically, it was a, it was a blast, but it, I was pretty tired by the time it's, you know, uh, I don't know, eight thirty or something, nine o'clock uh, on, was that Wednesday? Wednesday evening? No, Saturday. It's been like that. I can't remember what day's what. I only know it's Sunday cause I'm standing here, but um Yes, but I, I, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm that kind of guy. I go all in. I want it all. Like when we go on vacation, we'll go, we'll go for diving, scuba diving. Love that. Me and Laura go, Lauren go to Belize to dive. We're there for six days. There's 12 dives available. I take all 12 dives. I don't care if I'm delirious and kind of dizzy when I get up, you know, diving will do that to you. Dive sickness. And uh, I'm just going to get it all. You know, when I go fishing, I'll, if we go for five days and I'm sun up to sundown for five days, if it's a great lake, standing on the deck of the boat, just, I want all of it. Right, Brad? I want all of it. So it wouldn't be very congruent or honest to me to give God any less in the situation where I'm pursuing him. So to even be um, true to myself, it's like, I want all of God. I'm going to, this big fishing trip, this dive, I'm doing Dive 12, I'm doing day five of fishing, getting it all. And, uh, but I have to admit, I'm pretty tired. And after worship, I go sit down. Here comes Heidi, and she's wiped out. She hadn't slept in a week or something. She was so tired. Ten hours in seven days. She had ten hours of sleep in seven days. And uh, so she was in rare form. But when I say that it wasn't just a conference, I, that time was a... A holy convocation. It was the rebirth of a nation. See, we haven't had it too bad here as far as COVID and the restrictions, but there are churches, Catch a Fire churches all over the world that have had a real struggle. That, uh, I mean, it's taken a toll on our numbers, people that haven't come back, but kind of globally that's happened. You know, two-thirds of the church has not come back. Barna did a, a study about that. And so it's taken a toll. And a lot of them, even more dramatically than, say, us, have looked at themselves and, and come up with, you know, look, God is, um, 
testing us to see what is most important in us through the COVID season. Not that God brought COVID, but uses trials and shaking uh, to reveal the gold, to reveal that which can't be shaken. That's the kingdom, right? We're receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken. But they were in a very raw, hungry place. And so the worship was all very Christ-centered, very passionate about his glory, very passionate about his majesty and about surrender, just surrender, surrender, surrender was the theme. And um, Heidi comes in, I'm tired, she gets up, and Chris Valentin's there, Heidi Baker's there, John and Carol are there, so good to see them because they haven't been getting out too much. So for several of these people, it's the first time or maybe the third time for Chris Valentin that they've gone anywhere and had anything like that happen. And rather than... What's that? Yeah, in a year and a half. And and rather than it feeling like a show, it didn't feel like a show. It felt like family. It felt like the children of Israel meeting at the the base of Mount Sinai and the feet of the Lord touching down and looked like glass under his feet. It was that kind of an experience. And um, it was so good for us to be there. It was so good for us to represent our church. It was so good uh, to just be a part of that. So they... They officially uh, ordained or set in Duncan and Kate Smith as the presidents of the denomination, as the new head, senior leaders. They've been talking about that for a while. During COVID, they virtually did an anointing. The Arnots were in uh, Canada, and and these guys were in Raleigh. But this night, the night that Heidi's there, they put a a tarp on the floor, and uh, they get... I don't know, I think they got a gallon. Oh, it was a liter, a liter apiece. And they just, you know, Chris, Heidi, uh, uh, John and Carol, they're just laying hands on them, praying over them. We'd been talking about the anointing and how big of a deal it is to have the oil. We have to have the oil. We have to have the anointing. Uh, What God's calling us into, it won't work any other way. We have to have the power of God. And they pour the oil on their heads. So they're just drenched in oil. Of course, they can't stand up. They just... Down they go, and they're laying on the tarp, covered in oil, out, just like fish, you know. And uh, so Heidi begins to speak, and she's down on her knees, and she's using them as, a, uh, as an example, as a metaphor. And um, Heidi starts telling her stories about what's going on in Africa and in, in Mozambique with, with her family. See, she's raised up like 10,000 churches over there. She's very close that personal relationships with uh, the pastors there, and many of them are, are being beheaded. They're being persecuted. And she's ministering to the, the wives or the loved ones, the children, the grandparents or whatever of, of those that, you know, the pastors are being decapitated. And I can't even tell you the other stories. There's stories that I don't even want to repeat because it's just so uh, graphic and tragic. And so she's in this broken place of... of um, just an awareness of how much we need the Lord, of the, the sobriety of the day that we live in. We're very much in a bubble here. We, we live in the land of, of opulence. You know, we, we have really everything that we need, and there's no shame with that. He, God gives us wealth, and he adds no sorrow to it. I mean, it, that's awesome. But sometimes it's hard to tap in and realize that our brothers and sisters are in grave danger. And so... She's talking about, you know, emergency, 911, 
Wake up, church. Wake up, Sleeping Beauty. You need the oil. It's all about the oil. And it's costly. And she said, words are cheap. But Jesus' blood wasn't cheap. Matthew and Shawnee's sacrifice isn't cheap. Me and Lauren's sacrifice wasn't cheap. And she's going around and she starts to break down and she's crying and kind of trembling when she's speaking and it's freaking me out just a little bit. And she, as she's ramping up, she's telling folks, hey, I know it's late. God's been doing this thing about 11-11. The Lord is really rewarding those that will go low and linger long. That was one of the themes throughout the the whole entire conference. And um, it's like 9.30 and I'm tired. And her offer to leave early sounded really good. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, I can get back to the hotel. I got emails to do, blah, blah, blah. But that thing in me like, nope, this is dive 12. I am not going anywhere. But she started ramping up and she was like 20, 30 minutes in. She's like, if you're here to spectate, I'm begging you, leave. Get out of here. And I was like, whoa, that's like offensive. And I just said, Lord, I'm not going anywhere. I often know that he's the, he's the God of the last minute, you know. It's almost like if we will trust him and continue to trust him all the way through, there's a breaking point. There's a breakthrough that happens when we get past ourselves. Uh, two weeks ago, I talked about that as the eye of the needle. You have to go low and get light to get squeezed through that tight space. Here I am just got my hands out and a brother comes up behind me and lays a hand on me and starts praying for me. But this time I'm just physically tired. You know, I, I, I wasn't necessarily just trying to feel it or, or anything like that. But later I wrote it down. I'm going to read what I wrote down just because... Um, I got so rocked when he was praying. It was like a pillar of fire just fell on me. And I had one of those encounters that is a life-changing encounter. But she's saying, it's time to buy oil. I realized it had something to do with this stewardship thing that I was going to preach on. But this is, here's my experience. I wrote it down. Every wheel came off the bus. That's how I wrote it down. Steve prayed and released greater anointing. He prayed for signs and wonders and miracles to be done through me. He prayed for healing from betrayal. Pastors often um, feel wounded because of stuff that happens in the church sometimes. It's a pretty typical prayer for every pastor, I think. But uh, also that God would break my heart for what breaks his. When he did that, that's when it was like I got hit in the chest and everything. Whatever she carries, that hit me with all of its weight. And normally, uh, if you see me get touched and have an encounter by God, you'd be like, there he goes again, and I'm laughing or whatever. The holy laughter is a pretty common occurrence, but this was guttural weeping. This was like uh, travail and and grief to tap into the the grief of the Lord. And... um, the Lord just started speaking to me and I'd been asking him all, all week, 
Lord, I want to see your face. I want to see your face. And in that moment, I saw the face of Jesus. And he began to speak to me and download to me and um, break my heart for what breaks his. And there's something about spiritual poverty. You know, the word says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. It's like he said that to me. And I, I was just, it was like his flashlight. Y'all ever had a moment like that where there's no hiding, there's no variation of turning in him. He's just light. And I was just like, I'm empty, Lord. I got nothing. I don't see people getting out of wheelchairs. I don't see the healings. We see them a little bit, but not enough. We don't see evangelism exploding. We don't see our town turning towards Christ. I just don't see it. And I was aware in that moment of my spiritual poverty. Y'all, that's a good thing. Do you realize that he's inviting us into that? When he says, how is it that the children of this age, the sons of this age figured out how to utilize the resources? Why don't my kids do that? Because we think we've got it all already. You do, but the difference between a steward is that the difference with a steward is that a steward has access to it all. You have management and authority over all of it, but it's not yours yet. It's ours in the sense that it belongs to him and we're one with him. But there's something about being able to admit, Lord, I just, I, I, I got nothing. Like I haven't even begun to see the things that you've called me to walk in. Moment of honesty. And I just got... Man, I was getting electrocuted. It was like electrocuted by the Holy Spirit. And I was sitting in my chair and I was making so much noise. I think people had to tell me this later. Brad's got pictures of it. But people were starting to back away from that whole area like, like a nuclear warhead was going off right there. Everybody just moved away. Because I was wailing and making all this noise and I was gripping the edges of my seat because I felt like I was on a roller coaster and plugged into the electric power. And uh, the Lord said to me in that moment, you know, because there I am just seeing his face. And he says, hey, I heard you because I said something out loud to somebody the other day. I heard you when you said that you didn't get an inheritance from your mother, except for your handicapped brother. Yes, sir. (laughs) He said, your mom bought oil. My mom spent a lot of time in the 90s when the... Uh, renewal thing when the uh, outpouring was going on in Toronto. Back then, I, I didn't get any of that. I was more about theology and just studying the word and didn't have a high value for anointing. Matter of fact, didn't have much of a grid for it. She'd come back and tell me the stories of crazy things that went on in Toronto. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it, mom. You know, I mean, why would God do that? And... Um, Heidi really made a thing out of, look, we're small. And this isn't to degrade us in any way because we often talk about identity and all the wonderful things that God's made for us to step into, right? But there's a positioning of our heart that matters. There's a, there's a, there's a position of getting low before the king and saying, Lord, I got nothing. 
I need more. I need more of you in my relationships. I need more of you in my heart. Lord, I need you to break my heart for what breaks yours. I need to be able to look at people the way that you see them. True riches. Sylvia had a back pillow and uh, they were looking for pillows for Duncan and Kate because they were like you know face down in the oil and uh, Sylvia ran up there and gave her pillow to Kate or well to I guess it was Heidi and Heidi was jamming pillows under the head completely soaked in oil then these two here come running over after they had finally got strong enough to stand up I'm running over with that oily pillow and just stuck it on the back of my head. And was <laughs> I don't even remember that at all, you know, because I was, ah! Um, anyway, I know it's, it's awkward to talk about someone's experience. Um, but it's, it's, it's real. And I, I think that there is, there is something about recognizing if Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. There's a key to the kingdom of God and all of kingdom's resources that has to do with realizing our own spiritual poverty. Before he can exalt us. Is that that making sense? One of the coolest things that happened, you know, the Lord said, hey, your mother, she bought oil. You said you don't have an inheritance, but she bought oil up here. And she wanted you to have this. And when he said that, it was like, oh, then came the anointing. And my feet were jammed underneath the seat, like where the hymnals would go. Both feet were there, and I was just holding on for dear life. And then I realized that, so Carol was laying on the floor in front of me. John Arnott's laying across the chairs in front of me. He's actually literally like laying on my feet. And I got that transference, that inheritance that we have as catch the fire people. We're fire people and I'm not ashamed of it. We're river people and I'm not ashamed of it. And I want more of it, Lord. Lord, would you just come and baptize us in fire? Would you fall on us, God? Would you bring the more of God? Lord, would you give us an awareness of our spiritual poverty? So that we can receive your oil. You say, so what about that parable? Would the Lord say to rob him. I had this vision that night. So after I got out of there, there's more that happened there. The 11-11 happened. (laughs) It was 9.30 when that thing started. And I thought that seemed like such a long ways away, but it went like that. And it was 11-11. Steve Long, the pastor of the Toronto church, gets up and he starts, well, it's 11-11. And at that moment, I had like, ugh. It's like the electricity stopped and I I could barely open my eyes because my eyes were swollen from crying so hard. 
And I fell on the chair in front of me, and I felt all these, and then everybody was able to come back. Okay, he's not emitting lightning, so let's go back and lay hands on him. And they were laying hands on me and, and praying for me. And I felt John Arnott, you know, he's got big, big hand, big fingers. I knew it was him. And uh, I felt him praying for me at that 11-11 hour. And I'd like tarried in travail until that moment to get what I'd come to Toronto or uh, Raleigh for. And it was for that transference of the anointing, the catch the fire anointing, uh, and honoring him and, and receiving him as, as my father and Carol as my mother. After that, it was so sweet. But anyways, I kind of awkwardly held his hand and he held it back at 11.11. And uh, I knew that I had received that gifting. And um, it was just so sweet. And after that, for the rest of the weekend, you know, they were, were hugging and kissing and talking and eating together. And it was just, it just meant so much to be able to, to just be imparted to, to just receive from our parents. I mean, they, they paid a price back in the day. They would give all of their mornings to the Lord in prayer. And then they would go everywhere where the spirit was breaking out. They'd fly all over the world just to be in the vicinity of what was happening. And so they carry something. They carry the anointing. They carry that oil. But then I went, we went back to the hotel that night and I was just so overcome with it all. I could barely even speak about it. That's why I wrote it down. I remember sitting in the living room with Brad and Sylvia and I was just typing. Brad's like, what are you doing? We're working on your sermon? Nah, just recording what happened. I mean, I just, I, I couldn't bring myself to talk about it. I got in bed and I shared it with Lauren and she just kind of cried herself to sleep after I told her. And, uh, and then I was just, all my nerve endings from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, woof, 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 woof. just dreams and visions and revelations. I could barely sleep, just being electrocuted all night. I was completely wore out. About 7 a.m., I finally got some sleep between 7 and 10. And then I, I get back to, we go back the next morning to go to church. We're going to go worship some more, you know. And uh, I'm on the floor laughing because, you know, Steve Owings got me again. I'm on the floor laughing, my feet in the air, and uh, Murray comes up and starts playing my feet like bongos, and then he leans over my feet and says, hey, I heard you had an encounter last night. You want to testify? (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) I can't even talk right now. But the Lord said, son, get up. I want you to do this. So I kind of made my way up there, and I just was so honored to be able to, to do that. Of like five, 600 people in the room, they asked me to testify. That's pretty, pretty huge. But anyways, that night I had this dream. That's my story. <laughs> I had this dream that us, the body of Christ, uh, after having flowed in the spirit or whatever, we're robbing a bank. We're robbing a bank. And the Lord's like, good job that God would have us rob heaven's treasures. Do you realize how scandalous it is that he gave everything for us, that he poured it all out at the cross and given us access? But we don't always access it. He said, rob my bank. Rob my bank. Buy from me. Time to buy oil. 
He's given us his very life, Christ himself. While I was studying this and praying through this thing before all of the conference and the pastor's retreat, I ran headlong right into Jesus and realized all of heaven's treasure is Christ himself, his very life. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. I I need to drop the mic. (laughs) Uh, Christ in me, the hope of glory. He is the treasure. And so are you. When we see Christ rightly, then I can see you rightly. I'd like to say that it's this big bombastic thing that I'm going to go out here and start laying hands on y'all and you're all going to fall out and get electrocuted. But I don't know that that's going to happen. But I can tell you that what has happened is my heart has been crushed for other people. In the last two days, I've had the privilege of being with folks that, you know, that I don't know or whatever that got to minister to them. But I'm telling you, my eyes are changed. And I say, I want to look at you. I want to see you because God sees you. I see the God in you. I see Jesus in you. I want to see the best of what he's put in you come out and come to life. I had an employee quit while I was going. Huh. He's not really a believer. I think he called himself agnostic. But I've shared Jesus with him and he lit up like, ooh. And he responded. His life has been really hard. He's had a hard road. And uh, slowly, working for us, stuff's starting to get better. And, uh, but he got a better job offer that he just couldn't refuse. And a really, really good deal. And I was able to just walk up to him and say, hey, man, I heard you're leaving us. And he's like, oh, just ashamed. You know, I'm so sorry. You guys have been so good. Y'all are good people. Y'all don't deserve that. You've done so much for me. And I said, hey, I'm not so worried about the company. Yeah, we want to grow, but I'm more concerned about you. I couldn't be more excited for you. You're going to be, get to be with your kid. You're going to make more money. Your, your whole entire status is going to get a big upgrade. We win, you know, we win. And he just didn't know what to do with that kind of love. And I said, hey, look at me. I said, you have nothing to be sorry for. I looked him right in the eye. And he just, Boof. I'm so excited for him. And that's a little different. Sometimes when people quit, I'm like, ugh. All I can think about is how I'm going to replace him. I don't, it doesn't matter. We succeeded in touching that man's life. He came near to the kingdom of heaven. He will never be the same. Because you taste that the Lord is sweet. My other guys, they're believers, you know, they pray every Monday morning, so he's exposed to that. Because a lot of times he's late. Like, <laughs> makes him a little uncomfortable, I think. But he's a, he's, a good, he's a good guy that has just been run over by life. Talk about treasure. One of the sessions we were in, um, in the pastor's retreat, it was Murray and Ash. They're the pastors of the Raleigh Church. And she started talking about the things that pastors experience. 
you know, like every time you lose somebody in your congregation and they have that hard talk with you why they're leaving or whatever, it's hard not to internalize that and, and feel like you're, you're a failure or something. And um, so they were just dealing with that because every pastor goes through that. And it feels like wounds, especially if somebody hurts you on the way out, like blames it on you for filling the blank. You didn't do something right. And the, the truth is I'm, <laughs> I've done plenty that's not right. You know, I mean, I don't have all the answers. But anyway, she's doing that. And so they, we do an, an activation where, okay, we're going to take all of that pain, all of, all of those disappointments or whatever, uh, and we're going to give them to the Lord. You know, pretty simple stuff, but let's, I've done this I don't know how many times, but let's put it at the, the feet of Jesus. Now let's ask the Lord for what he's going to give us in return. And normally when you do that, I don't see nothing. You know, like, okay, the Lord's going to give you a, a you're going to see something, a vision. And normally I'm like, ah, I don't, I'm not seeing anything. I see the outline of you with the light behind you or whatever. But, but no, I saw a treasure chest with the lid open and it flashed gold like this. And then it was dark with uh, what looked like coffee. And it was like moving. It was alive. It was sifting. And I was like, Lord, what are you saying? That you're giving us coffee, you're going to wake us up? <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I could go for a strong uh, cappuccino. Anyways. Um, and the Lord said, no, silly, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That's dirt. It's nutrient-rich dirt. And the gold is in there. And you get to just cultivate it, sift it, dig it out. That's what God's called us to be for each other, to see the gold in each other. Yes. Don't, see the, don't see the disappointments, the offenses, the, the hurts that we cause one another, but rather instead, give me eyes, God. Give me eyes. Give us eyes, Lord, to see each other the way that you see us and to call each other up higher, Amen. lower than higher. Jesus' name, hallelujah. Mm. Whoa. Word says, I'm hidden in Christ in God. We're seated in heavenly places in God. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and the new has come. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55 says this, Ho! He's like, whoa, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, you realize it doesn't matter if you have any, no money or all the money in the world. There's things that money can't buy. Come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen to me carefully. And eat what is good, and let your soul delight in its abund- itself in abundance. There's something about the abundance of God, which is Jesus himself. And the transaction is about getting low and posturing ourselves before him. Going all out for the kingdom. Having your eyes focused on that calling, on what God's set before you. I spent a lot of years... Not paying attention, but I don't want to do that anymore. All right, so let's stand up.
Anna, Zoe, y'all mind coming up? So you know, if we're if we're called to see the the gold in people, to cultivate that soil, that nutrient rich soil. <laughs> You know, the first place you got to start is with yourself. So here's our activation. Why don't we just reach up into heaven? Put your hands up, mouth open. (laughs) Say, Lord, we want all of you. All of you, Jesus. Beyond our limitations, God. Where we stop, you start. We want more, Lord. Thank you for what you've done for us, Lord. We receive our inheritance. Lord, we don't want to be like the world around us. We don't want to be of this age. Lord, everybody else around us is pressing in. God, we check in like punching the clock. Lord, we check in to eternal life. We check into your presence. We receive more. Lord, we confess our absolute poverty in the spirit so that we can receive your riches. All right, now put one hand on your heart and I want you to repeat after me. We did this the other day and every time I start to feel a little anxious or stressed, the Lord says, put your hand on your heart because this hand... You just received something from heaven. The oil of his spirit, see? Right there. Linda's got it. Reaching up and pulling down oil, anointing. The oil of the spirit is all over this hand. And I put my hand on my chest. It's like, there it is, right there. Say this after me. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because He has anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me. To preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To to proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord 
that he may be glorified. Y'all get that? The spirit of the Lord is upon you because he's anointed you. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Consumed Church weekly podcast. This entire service and others can be viewed on our Facebook and YouTube channels. If you would like to partner with us in raising the next generation of kingdom bringers, you can do so at theconsumedchurch.com slash give.